Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SGS Nation, and welcome to this very special episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime, special for a few reasons. I've been whining to everyone for a bunch of days saying I feel horrible. Everyone's like, get over it, loser. Everyone's like, the COE is sick of you. Um, and today, I got my positive COVID test back. Um, I've never sweated the way that I have sweated the last two nights. Literally, it's a good thing the COE is a strong sleeper because the bed was transformed into a water bed. She could have drowned from the amount of sweat that came out of my body. Um, Sarah Ford does not like the description, but that's pretty much what happened. I feel you. Um, no, get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Oh, so it's been brutal. Um, but being the man that never complains, me, uh, the man who always toughs it out, here I am. This is a big day. I did not want to miss this, especially because we had these three lovely women book. But I am coming to you from the home studio. I told Carm, I said, I'm going to do the first ever STS in bed. And she lost her mind. She's like, if you want to lose your podcast and never have anyone watch you again, do it from bed. No idiot ever does. But I was close and I may end up there before the show's over. I don't think that three of these women would mind, but we'll see uh, where I end up. Uh, but for the most part, I told the Amy's and uh, Sarah Ford, I barely know my own name, that if um, if I am able to say hello, that they could carry the rest of this show, no doubt. So a monumental day. I don't know what the hell is going on in the Palmetto State. Uh, it's an embarrassment. No offense to uh, the world, I think, what's going on there. And I'd like you guys to weigh in, at least to the, to the justice system there. But um, Judge Toll, who I like and takes absolutely no crap, including from Dick Harpootlian, basically told him to sit his ass down today, said there is no new murder trial for Alec Murdoch. That is the headline, and we'll dig right into it. Uh, in this fog of COVID, I have prepared some notes, but um, Amy Zimmerick, Zimmer check. How dare me? Uh, in the bottom right-hand corner, she is an owner in the firm AJZ Law. All you have to know about her, she's an amazing criminal defense attorney, 10 not guilties on felony cases, including murder and rape, not guilties on murder and rape since 2009. Then you've got Amy Lawrence, lovely, love the uh, hair. Uh, what do you call that? Is that like a like a, a hair? What do you call that? A ribbon, a bow? A Headband. Headband. My daughters wear headbands and they would love it. Um, I told you I'm in the fog of COVID, but I knew it was something in your hair. I knew that. And uh, Amy Lawrence Lovely is with the Lovely Law Firm. And last but not least, we've got Sarah Ford, uh, who I apologize to because in the thumbnail, she is blonde, but in real life, a beautiful shade of almost like auburnish, brownish red, but uh, a very lovely shade of whatever it is. Um, and she is, more, much more importantly, the legal director at the South Carolina Victims Assistance Network since 2017. And she's a former South Carolina, Carolina prosecutor. And that is where we're at. Um, just to kind of get into it, um, Amy Lawrence Lovely, since you're always so low-key and uh, don't use any flowerly language, um, 
What are your thoughts today? We'll go uh, clockwise here, starting here, like the one o'clock position here. We'll start with you. Uh, what did you make of this? Obviously, uh, a no-go for Alec Murdoch with another murder trial. But what about all the antics that went on between all of that? Um, I am a big ball of emotion about this whole thing. Um, I mean, I think we all know that he is guilty of murder. Um, but what we heard today um, and the testimony of what happened um, behind the scenes in this trial is like so upsetting. Like it makes my little lawyer heart just like drop and feel sick because after hearing all the testimony of what happened in this case, hearing from that jury said, yeah, it did. It did affect my decision. And to have all, we had Becky Hill perjure herself over and over and over again. And all of that stuff wasn't enough to get a new trial. And Justice Toll came back very quickly and read this like prepared statement of how she was gonna rule. And that was so disheartening because if a rich white lawyer can't get a fair trial in South Carolina, then that means nobody can. Nobody can. And that's the part that really gets me because it, it, it really bothered me watching Craig Waters and John Meters because aren't we all supposed to be wanting like equal justice, right? We want, um, we don't want someone tipping the scales. We shouldn't anyway. That's not, that's not what this game is supposed to look like. We're all supposed to want um you know fairness i mean it's what the, this is what we're all fighting for and i mean if i'd been that prosecutor i'd say look you know we'll convict him again but after hearing this testimony i mean how do you even argue with perjury and speaking giving rides home to jurors and all these other things it's just more than i can take and i think today was um and i think this proves how fucking over the South Carolina judiciary is with the Murdochs, right? They're done. They're not just done, they're D-U-N, done. And this was like the final straw when they weren't willing to give a new trial after all of that testimony, then it just wasn't going to happen. They were done. Their mind was made up before they, this even happened. Uh, Sarah Ford, you know, a lot of people are tuning in and not everyone lives in South Carolina like you three intelligent women. And, and they're wondering, people see bits and headlines, you know, and they see Alec Murdoch in the headlines all the time. I mean, I used to do that before I was covering this the way I was. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? But what is there a precedent or precedent for, for what happened today? I mean, do you recall a time recently where we saw something? of this magnitude, that courtroom filled up the way it was uh, with this former South Carolina Supreme Court uh, Justice, Judge Jean Toll, who, by the way, I like her, man. She's got she's got a uh, personality uh, and she takes no crap. But um, there's no there's no is there a real precedent for what we saw? And what what was if you can just kind of explain to the people what what was supposed to happen here? It was a mini trial, correct? So it was an evidentiary hearing. So the defense made a motion for a new trial uh, based on allegations that the clerk of court, Becky Hill, improperly influenced the jury, it made comments to the jury, and it improperly influenced them. So this, this hearing today was all about, well, did she make these comments to the jurors and did it improperly influence their, their verdict? Um, and, and that's what was, was heard today. 
and I think what was really interesting is that this is very unusual. I don't know if either of the Amy's have ever seen anything like this before, but just to have an evidence you're hearing like this um, was very unusual. There were some issues, um, you know, obviously the defense wanted to use a different standard of review than actually what uh, Justice Toll went with the Green uh, case, the South Carolina case. Um, but ultimately what she determined was the standard she was going to use to determine if Alec Murdoch uh, were to get a new trial. Were these comments made and did they, they actually influence the jury to reach the verdict because of the comments that, that the clerk actually made to them? Um, and she determined that, you know, there were possibly comments made that, that there was one juror, Juror Z, um, today that that spoke. I was watching it. It seemed like she did not quite understand exactly what was happening because she said, yes, I was influenced by um, what Becky Hill said. And then she stood by her affidavit, which said that she was influenced by the jurors, which is totally okay. That's called deliberation. Um, ultimately, the other 11 jurors did not um, did not find that, uh, you know, they were improperly influenced and their verdict was, was, uh, influenced by Becky Hill's comments. I will say adore Amy Lawrence lovely. And she knows that she's my, my, um, eight sister, or die. but, yeah. but I totally disagree with what she said. I mean, I think that what happened today shows that we, you know, it's more about digging in. What does the law say? What can we actually prove? What happened? Are people credible? Becky Hill, not credible at all. Totally like Yahoo. I, it was crazy. But did it influence the jurors' verdict? I think not. And I think the right result happened today. Uh, I will never, never get over this. Miss Little Bones catching a live on our road trip from the Gold Coast to Sydney. And uh, they're listening to us four in australia right now it's a weird world that we live in that is for damn sure um amy Zimmercheck, uh someone is already asking can dick harpootlian and company appeal this decision by the former supreme court justice and the answer is yes right uh what is gonna what is gonna happen now that <laughs> judge gene toll said uh-uh not so fast no new trial what's gonna happen now so um it, it it goes through what we call an interlocutory appeal process. So basically, um, it's interlocutory because it's happening within within the actual appeal that's already pending. So that appeal still stays on um, in hiatus right now. So it is it is just sitting set aside. Nothing is happening. You know, typically there are timelines and deadlines um, that you have to follow in appeals that um, are now set aside until this issue is fully is fully argued. Um, and quite honestly, I see this issue going all the way up to the Supreme Court um, of the United States, not just of, of South Carolina. Um, it's, it's tough because she, she Justice Toll makes these um, makes these pretty a i mean when she started to cross-examine becky i knew becky was in for it um because she just flat out just called her a liar right there in front of everybody she was she said it very much much more tactfully as in and that wasn't the the truth was it and then for her to come out in her holding which is a which is a pretty big deal for a, a judge in general much less the 
the former Supreme uh, Court, the first female Supreme Court justice. And, and um, for her to say that she did not find the clerk of court credible, I think, I think it was a big, I mean, that was, that was something big, but then to turn around and say, but regardless, um, I'm still going to find this way. It, it, it I'm, honestly, it's a little perplexing. Um, it, you know, I, I agree that this case is messy, but I think that we've just made it messier. Um, I, I think any, any question about the, the sanctity of the jury's verdict, um, should be taken not just with a grain of salt it should be taken and taken incredibly seriously and and her ruling uh, it it troubles me because um i don't know that that was the right standard and i don't um so i think that what we're going to get out of this one way or another is maybe some answers because i don't think that we have seen um something to this magnitude and if we have i mean quite honestly i've seen I've seen jurors um, get um, held in contempt of court for not following their duties. I've seen cases get overturned because of jurors and things like that. So, so that part is not unusual, but I was very surprised regardless of the, of the, the magnitude of this case, if you strip all that away and just look at the very basic rights, I just, it, it, it leads me, it, it, it leaves me with great concern that a justice or a judge in this sense can say that the, that you know the person who was testifying that they did or didn't do these things was not credible you know and you have at least one juror saying it affected me but more troubling even so i think were the two other jurors that said that there was a lot of you know that there was talking and that they did hear it and they did see it which which just leads me to call into question sure it's easy to say jersey was off her chain and and she was confused and she was but when you get these other two jurors that say, no, we saw this behavior too. Now, did it affect us? No. But just a combination of all of those things really makes makes it concerning for people who are in the, the trial world. Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that really, I mean, we have, a, we have Jersey and everybody's like, she's off the chain. Well, I only heard her say about 10 sentences. And she said it affected her decision and how she made it. How she did, how she voted on the verdict, and for me, that that's enough. And two things can be true at the same time; they're not mutually exclusive. You can be swayed by the jurors, the other jurors, and you can be swayed by the clerk of court saying inappropriate um, things. But you can't also say, you know, did you find your jury your verdict based on the evidence which they asked? And she said yes. So it's like all of those things can't be true. She kept saying yes, yes. When you have someone who probably doesn't have more than a high school education, right? I don't know. Yes. I mean, we're dealing with a very rural community and it and they just don't know what all that means. They just don't know what all that means. But they do know, but I think that we do know when someone says, I make when I made a decision, this is what helped me make that decision. And if that played into a part of any of it, then it's out. And so by doing this today, we've given a license that people can tamper with juries and it's okay. State actors can tamper with juries. But that's not what well, happens. Like well, that is giving a juror a right Yeah, she did so well. Yeah. Um I yeah. hope I hope yeah. Hope it does not devolve into that and we'll let 
Sarah and Amy. I'm gonna have them. I'm gonna have to break up the uh, the cage match in a moment. But uh, we're we're gonna break down the uh, the, the kind of the details of the day. I, I have a an hour by hour breakdown. Believe it or not, that's what you do when you're bored with COVID. But uh, big shout out to Dwayne Harris, a new member, new uh, family member here at SGS Nation. But one of the more generous guys, always gifting memberships. It was just his birthday, and now uh, look at this, a uh, super chat. Um, I never knew the difference between a super sticker and a super chat till they made fun of me, but a chat has words. Um, simple as that. Uh, thank you to that. And look at this. Um, before we get going, KO Las Vegas. Uh, knocking it out because she ordered. I don't think I've had the three of you on uh, since my book. My book is now out for pre-order. And since I brought it up today, and I'm allowed to because I'm sick, so I can actually bring it up. But there it is. My book is available for pre-order. And Amy's plural and sarah i do expect the three of you to pre-order this book look at you look at you look at you amy right off of amazon amy's i've waited for someone to do what amy's doing uh to, to qr code that but here's a funny story i went and by the way we also have a new channel best trials we're doing the michelle traconis trial we, we dedicated an entire channel just to trials but um i went on a podcast yesterday joe jackalone a friend of mine he has his own podcast and he asked Carm to come on and we were promoting the book and she gave 10 reasons why you should not buy the book and it was not out of design she just went on there and said oh it's not worth buying don't buy it and gave 10 reasons so my new um strategy on this future book tour is to bring Carm along, a therapist, and give all the reasons why you should not buy the book and maybe the reverse psychology will work. So that is my story of the day. But starting off at 10.10 a.m. this morning, uh, Judge Toll comes out. She reassures the jury, uh, the jurors, all of them, hey, you guys did nothing wrong. She had to interview one of them on Friday because there was a uh, scheduling conflict. So she was really speaking to the rest of them. Uh, today. And she explained that she gave them all these letters. And of course, Jersey is the one that was in question uh, because they have numbers normally. But now she's like, I'm giving you a letter to maintain your anonymity. Um, of course, um, there was some weird noise going back and forth. So in typical South Carolina, who did we lose? We lost Sarah Ford. She'll come back on. Um, but in typical South Carolina fashion, there was some weird feedback. So uh, the judge who's 80 said that, uh, South Carolina always has the funkiest sound system, got a big laugh. But um, Amy Zimmercheck, your friend Eric Bland's name came up. Um, Dick Harpootlian, in the middle of all this, at about 1030, says, Hey, Judge Toll, I don't want Eric Bland sitting too close to the jurors. He's representing them. What is going on there um, as part of this entire media circus? Now you've got these feuding lawyers, and I'll probably get Eric on at some point this week, but what was going on there? These guys, is it just blood, bad blood boiling over right now? Yeah, and I'm sorry, Jackson is barking all of a sudden. Jack, be quiet. Um, it's okay. Yes, they, um, it, so here's the thing. Um, you know, to have a lawyer, for example, when Eric was involved just simply because he was um, the lawyer for the Satterfields, right? Um, that is understandable. The, the problem becomes when you become a lawyer involved in every single aspect of this case that you can be. 
And and that's what we have here. We have a small chat. Hold on one second. This is awesome. Only on SGS <laughs> do we break the show in order to give a dog a treat. My dog, by the way, Ethel's on, <laughs> Ethel's on, on, yeah. Ethel's on my bed, so she could go crazy at any moment. This is a um a dog break. We should definitely be sponsored by a dog company. Like, hey, Chewy, why don't you sponsor my show? Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> we really should because yes, they are with me all the time when they can be. But it it to see to see the um. And I know that I'm going to borrow one of Amy's words, but the jackassery that has that has developed amongst these these male attorneys. I mean, there's just nothing, you know, there's just no other way about it. They're just, you know, for for even Justin um, Bamberg to be involved in representing Becky, representing jurors, represent when you start representing people amongst different groups when they're all still in the same thing it, it it becomes it's too messy it's it's um it's way too messy and that well, and that's what we've got here right? the spotlight's warm and they like that feeling that's what it comes down to i guess uh, i mean it's you know, also their hate for each other has trumped the right thing somewhere along the way and what i think that that does is i think that that i think that that adds to the to the crazy chaos that becomes then associated with South Carolina law because it's it's typically not like this. For example, if I am representing a defendant, right, then I, you know, anticipate in dealing with the solicitor, with the cops, with the you know lawyers for the cops who I'm trying to get records from, those kinds of things. But then to have all of these extraneous lawyers come in who are very, who are very um, tied to one side or the other. Um, and, and that's what, I, right? And that's what I just don't see. What Eric doesn't understand is that, and he's made these he's made these complaints before that, you know, Dick and Jim shouldn't be involved because they represented Paul, or they shouldn't be involved because of this, or blah blah blah. And it's just like, but now you're all are doing the same things, and it, it it's incredibly frustrating. Um, but a lot of it is just egocentric at this point. They all just they've all whipped out their tiny little peenies and they're peeing on each other and they're going to keep doing it every chance they get. I'm going to get an email. I'm going to get an email from Eric Bland saying, did she say tiny? He's going to be all worked <laughs> I know. Yeah. And for the record, I have not seen any of the peenies, nor do yeah, I care to. Well, I'm, gonna <laughs> get, no, I'm not, not going to get hate emails. I'm going to get peeny emails um, from KT here. And keep, just keep sending me the triple Qs. Number one, because I'm delirious. I have no idea what's going on. Number two, you've got a really smart panel here. So uh, your questions. And number three, before I forget, because I will, tomorrow we've got Gigi McKelvey, who's in court, along with Neil Gordon, who is Becky Hill's co-author, who I have questions for, because she admitted parts of the book are plagiarized, and he co-authored the book. He's coming on tomorrow. Um, so we'll, we'll be discussing that at five o'clock, but Gigi McKelvey is one of the best and she's been covering this gavel to gavel from the beginning. And she was in court today, um, to you, uh, Sarah, hope you're back with us. Um, if Becky Hill was found to have influenced, and by the way, if you're on a phone and you can turn it, um, the other way, that'd be excellent. Beautiful. Yep, Sorry about you. that. My internet went out and I'm just. Nope. Perfect. Much better. Uh, I won't get yelled at by the COE now. Yes. If Becky Hill was found to have influenced more jury members just than Jersey, do you think the outcome would have been different, Sarah Ford? Yes. 
I do. Hmm. I think that um, if uh, there had the credibility had been there, I think that if there had been additional jurors who said, yes, I heard that, yes, it did um, affect me. Um, I think if maybe the substance of what they alleged she said had been stronger, you know, it's, you know, pay attention to the witnesses versus that witness is a liar, two very different things. Um, I think that the outcome would have been different. I do. Uh, Amy Zimmerchek, does Becky Hill need to be afraid? Uh, look, here's the question, actually, in a different way. What happens to Becky Hill now from Ansley Cud? I mean, quite honestly, A, I mean, we all know she perjured herself. I, I think anybody who watched any portion of that would see that. Um, B, I think that the judge making the finding, <laughs> the judge was... making a finding, and and these were the words that really caught me: is I do not find the clerk's testimony to be credible. That that is problematic. Um, you know, part of me wonders if 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 in in preparing. Sorry, now he's just making himself a part of the. Say hello, baby Finn. Um, you no, know, I never thought of it. Of, honestly, we need, we do need to be sponsored by Chewy. But go ahead, Steve Cohen, get on that. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. Um, go ahead. And I, and I would try to yell at him, but I just can't. Um, but in order, but in order for her to say that, I think is huge. I think that the state was protecting their verdict and getting through this hearing um, with her. However, I mean. You know, the fact that a, a sitting pretty conservative Supreme Court justice found their witness to to not be credible and to know that we have all of these um, all of these pending allegations on what she did or did not do. You know, I think that and this is what I don't understand. You know, <laughs> she's under investigation. There are the Fifth Amendment is there for a reason. And I don't know why she does not. Because she knows they're not going to do anything, right? I mean, we had Creighton Waters, like him, nice guy, suborn perjury today because he's, he's too busy trying to preserve his verdict and the spotlight, right? Instead of, like, preserving the system. And that's the most important thing to me. That's what should be the most important thing. The integrity of the system should be, should be the utmost important. Like, we all think that he's the biggest piece of, you know what, knowing the band, right? Murdoch is the like lowest of the low, the awfulest of the awful. I mean, he's killed his child. He's killed his wife. He's stolen not just from people. He's stolen from the least among us. He's stolen from paraplegics and little children and all those things. And he is the absolute worst. And all those things. And she will not be held accountable. That's yeah. why she could get up there and testify. Because if they were to bring charges against her, then they would have to give you know, her perjury credence. And then they would have to admit that they put her on the stand knowing all that stuff. And so the whole integrity of the system today um, got the big finger yeah. is what I think. And I think, I think even though we all hate Murdoch and we all believe that he's guilty, we have to want to protect the system because one day it could be you. One day it could be your mama, your brother, your sister, someone you know and love, and they deserve... Um, the fairness of Trump. And and I think to say it, but Murdoch can get it. By the way, um, this is my own observation. He literally had it wasn't a non-reaction to what Judge Toll said. Like he just he seemed like he was just enjoying 
the attention again and being out of prison. Like it didn't seem like it impacted him one way. Like he couldn't care less because he knows he's in there for the financial crimes. Like it just didn't even seem to me, it didn't even seem like it registered on his radar. Like he wasn't in there worried about a thing. He was just like kind of having fun, looking around, enjoying the attention, uh, enjoying being back in court, got got to stretch yeah. his legs. It was so surreal to me that this, and I, because every once in a while I sit back, I'm like, dude, you're in there because you killed your your own son and your wife. And here we go. It's just, you know, like uh, another judicial hearing for him. It was, to me, it was a very weird non-reaction at the end. But was smirking um, field trip, you know? Don't That's tell like, you. Yeah, go ahead, Amy. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a couple of things. One, I've spent a lot of time in those prisons, specifically in the prison where he is, which I guess is still a secret, so we're not allowed to say. But it's awful. You could say it on my show. Any vacation or any – sorry, now there's dog here everywhere. Any vacation or opportunity to get out of that facility, trust me, I would be smiling as well. Um, He, you know, and he, in his own weird little mind, you know, A, he's the center of attention again. Um, B, there were a ton of people there that, that were just there to say hello to gawk, you know, to, to watch or, or because they're Jackson stop or because they are somehow involved. But three, and, and this is where I really believe it is. We had a heck of a time talking about his um, reactions, his facial, his comments. And um, and lawyers know that. I assure you that there was a long come to Jesus meeting um, today. Every camera is going to be on you. You are not to react. You are not to laugh. You are not to. And that's the. And I assure you, any good lawyer would have reiterated that over and over and over. I think he knew. I think he knew he, they weren't going to do anything. I think they know. I think he knows that they are so over him and that he didn't have a chance in hell no matter what anybody got up there and said. That's, I, that's why he was just um, looked at it as an outfield trip and an outing. Sarah Four, I'm just taking notes because I'm going to forget if I don't today, but um, Philadelphia shoulder surgeon brought up a good point. Forget this case. What about the other trials? I don't know how many she has. Uh, been clerk of court, you know, kind of presiding presiding is not the right word because that's what a judge does, but uh, over murder cases or other cases, do you, short answer is, do you have to go back and look at Becky Hill's other trials that she was involved with? First, I would say no. And here, there are two reasons as to why. One, um, if you pull up the number of, of trials that they've had in Calhoun County that she's been the clerk of, I don't think that you're gonna um, find a terribly large number. Um, but B, I, this was very, I think that this was all very specific. Um, and I think it, like, um, I mean, and, and I've been very critical of, of Dick Carpootian and his lawyering. This was some of the best lawyering that I've seen him do in this case. Um, and I do, now minus all the extra. I agree with you on that, Amy. I'll agree with you on yeah. that. I, I do. I mean, now the smart comments of, well, are you writing another book? This seems like it'd be, you know, that kind of stuff I can do without. But, um, but I mean, I think that it, that we all ended up here because just of the nature of it and the book, uh, you know, I think to waste more, 
I don't know how many um, trials have been had in Calhoun County since she's been the clerk, but I'm telling you, it can't have been that many. And so, you know, even if they had to go back and look at them, I don't think it would, I don't think that that would be fruitful either way. Uh, by the way, the COE has uh, uh, pulled some sound, and if I don't play it, I'm going to hear it later. So we're going to play it in a second. But um, just to Sarah Ford on this, if today's ruling is appealed, won't this judge's, Judge Jean Toll, T-O-A-L, uh, have more weight since she presided, ruled, and was assigned already by the South Carolina, she's a retiree of the uh, South Carolina Supreme Court. So does this hold more weight coming from someone like her in an appeals process? She's at the level of a trial court judge for this particular instance, but I mean, she's Jean Toll. I mean, yeah. Does so, everyone in the state, does everyone in the state know her in the legal I, world? Yeah. I mean, she is a force of nature. <laughs> Mother Toll. Like she Mother is, Toll. Uh, I mean, an incredible, I mean, she's a former legislator uh, who became a judge who, who's been uh, on the Supreme Court, was it like 30 years or something? And maybe I'm giving, maybe it's even more than that. Um, but it just an incredible jurist, an incredible legal mind. I mean, she is, um, She's a living legend, and you saw that. And today. a champion for women. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. she's, she she's was great. telling um she was telling Poot to sit down in a different way than Carm said it to him at uh, CrimeCon, but both were effective, and it was hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, I think she was on the Supreme Court for I think I read twenty seven years, if I read that correctly. Um, <laughs> someone, by the way, is asking our our. Judy and Jim now working for Alec for free. I don't know where he's, you know, where the money's coming from. Let's uh, let's watch this together. This is a piece of sound, and then we'll uh, dissect it. And there's definitely more to get into here. Influenced in any way by the communications of the clerk of court in this case? Yes, ma'am. And how was it influenced? All right, so I'm just going to obviously let me just say I didn't know what it was. So this is Judge Jean Toll. There she is. Tough as nails. A legend, as you just heard these women say uh, in South Carolina. Alec is looking on. And this is Jersey. This is the one who claims to have been influenced by Becky Hill. So she was the pivotal juror here. Was your verdict influenced in any way by the communications of the clerk of court in this case? Yes, ma'am. And how was it influenced? To me, it felt like she made it seem like he was already guilty. All right. And uh, I understand that, uh, that that's the tenor of the remarks she made. Did that affect your finding of guilty in this case? Yes, ma'am. Uh, she, she asked, does that affect your finding of guilty? She says, yes, ma'am. Um, Amy Lawrence, lovely. Let's go around the horn on this one. That's pretty powerful. I mean, at that moment this morning, people are like, oh, crap, here comes a second trial. Here comes a new trial, right? Is that what you guys were saying when you heard that? Yeah. I was, I, my jaw went open, and I was like, like, we were in our, like, lawyer chat group, like, group text, like, OMG, WTF, like, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Um, I think it's super powerful. I mean, she didn't just allude to it. She said it affected my decision. 
that matters. That testimony matters. And there's nothing that she has said that makes me um, pause to say that she is not being truthful. It takes a lot of guts to get up on the stand and say that. And you can, when she, when she asked that question, you could hear her sigh like a, yes. And I, I just, I don't know. I think that matters. I mean, I believe, I believe people when they tell me the truth that there's no other reason not to believe them, especially under sworn testimony. We're not talking about Becky Hill if they're given a different story uh, with conflicting uh, statements. I mean, I, I think that matters. I mean, the standard of review was, did Becky Hill say something um, that was inappropriate? And did it affect your decision? Yes and yes. So why did we, how did we get to where we were with no new trial? And I think it comes down to they're so over him. Or oh, 11 other people didn't support what Jared Z was saying. Like, oh. I totally understand what you're saying. I totally but understand. All the other witnesses did. Right. Okay, but they didn't though, Amy. Like, so let's let's back up because if we watch the rest of that clip, she also asked about the evidence and how did you find that? Ev did did you base your verdict on the evidence? And she said yes. So she's answering yes to all of these questions that just Justice Toll is asking. So for me, that's so it's like okay. Let me just stop for one second. So if we're looking at it that way, let's go back and look at what her affidavit said that she gave to Dick Carpootlian. And it said that she was influenced by other jurors. Do you actually think that Dick Carpootlian didn't ask her if she was influenced by what Becky Hill said? That would have been the first damn thing that he put in that affidavit that she signed. So I think for us to look at this as, oh my gosh, juror Z here, now she's she's coming out with what you know Becky Hill actually did, that would have been in that affidavit that he filed months ago if that were actually the case. I think she's looking at it now thinking, okay, I was, I was influenced by the jurors. Yeah, you're supposed to be, you're on a jury. But now she's had time to think about that. Yeah, maybe I am influenced by what Becky Hill said. But none of the other jurors came in there today and said, I was influenced, my verdict was influenced by what Becky Hill said. And that's the reason why there's no new trial. So it takes two influence jurors to matter? Is that worth saying? What I'm saying is there's a reason why we have 12 jurors. If that were actually true, we would have more than one person on there that would say, yep, I was influenced. But we've got one and nobody else is saying that, yeah, I, I heard that, or yeah, I believe that, or yeah, I was influenced by that. Am I missing something? I, I, heard, I heard testimony from Ms. Rhonda, right? Yeah. It was great. I heard testimony from the other juror. The you mean Ms. Rhonda who said that she she heard that Becky Hill took a juror home, which the juror actually said didn't happen. She said that today. It didn't happen. By but the way, Ms. Rhonda, is an, uh, for those who are just tuning in, she's another clerk of court that they brought in, and she uh, gave testimony, and she knew some of the stuff going on. But go ahead, uh, sir. But she, she says, I heard that she actually gave her a ride home. And, oh, you can't do that, Miss Becky. You can't do that. But she didn't tell the judge that? That's to me. Yeah. Um, Amy Zimmercheck. So they're, you know, Sarah Ford's obviously talking about this, but can you just explain this a little bit to the lay people like myself? So um, Jersey was brought in. This is obviously, again, the juror in question and all the other letters, MNOP, you name them. They all said that they were not impacted, but Z did say uh, that she was impacted. And, um, so G Jersey is brought in by the judge and then removed um, 
because Creighton Waters, the state, wanted to ask the judge about the affidavit that the juror signed. So when is that affidavit signed? What did that affidavit say in in um, opposition to what was being said in open court here? And why was that so important? Um, and, and to be quite honest with the affidavit, I would love to get a look at it because I know that, um, A, I don't think it was made a part of the record, which was it, it seemed a little confusing because it seemed like when she, because I, I think um, Dick was maybe a little bit confused about some of it, and then and then the judge just started reading from the the um, yeah. the affidavit. Well, so, well the affidavit um, that that affidavit goes back to juror six thirty. So everyone is obviously okay. assuming that it's this juror six thirty. Yes, it's tied to. Juror. Okay. Yeah, that's what public records show it to be. And so I think that what I think that the um, well, I mean, obviously, I think it's problematic. I think that when they were running around getting these affidavits, they um, they probably they were, you know, a never been in this situation. So, you know, I don't know that they specifically asked that specific because I think at the time. That And I think at the time when they were arguing what the standard of re- review was, I think that it was any evidence versus it had to show prejudice. prejudice. And so, quite honestly, it could just be an example of them not knowing exactly what to ask. And so, um, it, it, you know, and for the, like, I think we all understand why they found or why Justice Hole found Hill not credible. But I would like to know her reasons behind saying that Jersey wasn't credible. Was it just because it was, the, you know, the difference in the statements, which I mean, because then I would like to know more about the statements. I would like to know specifically like what she was, you know, what they were looking for at the time. Um, it, 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 it concerns me. And, and, and I'll tell you, I, I am concerned because, you know, I know that 11 others, 11 other jurors said that it was not or th- that they didn't think that it influenced their verdict. But A, it's so hard to to be able to to know at that moment what is and what isn't. And and, you know, we have a, a, a jury of 12. Um, and even if she let's just let's just say that she was influenced by her uh, improperly influenced by the other jurors versus you know, just and and nothing that Becky said. But in order to uh, then, I mean, you know, I think that that still ca- has a problem. And and Sarah, I know you're like, but eleven others said this and that. But the problem is, is that we we you know we we came to a decision as a country to say twelve men and women, you know, and if one of those men and women or men and women, if one of those men or women in this in this scenario, if one of those women has decided that they wouldn't, you know, that they wouldn't vote that way, um, except for some improper influence, you know, then, then the jury would hang and, um, you know, and we'd have to do it all over again. So it, it, it is concerning that we're trying to almost lessen the standard say, well, you know, 11 people that we all believed, you know, said this when we know that, um, we know that at least two others saw her having conversations and were brave enough to admit it. What, what has me concerned is, you know, A, are we not asking the right questions? And B, 
I mean, the media spotlight in general, just on this little issue. I mean, I think at this point, as a juror, I would be afraid. I would be starting to exercise my Fifth Amendment to just not say anything because, you know, here we are second guessing everyone. Um, and, and I mean, it, it's a, you know, I think that he's not going anywhere. I don't think we, he gets, we don't run the risk of him getting out of jail. I would love, I would love to make sure that the system gets it right. And that's, I think that's where my concern is. Uh, Sarah, just back to this affidavit. Uh, this was the one included. So this affidavit for juror number 630, I guess is presumed to be juror Z, was, was the one that was included in the September 5th motion that was seeking this new trial, right? So this was really who uh, Dick Harpoolian and company were pinning their, their hopes and their prayers on, right? And it's just, yeah. that's that's why it was so important. And that's why... Dick wanted to be able to question Jersey, but why, why did judge toll say, no, it's not happening. Why did she say to Dick Harpootlian, uh, you're not going to have that opportunity. Well, I think if I can, I, I hate to do this, but I just want to no. go back to one thing that Amy yeah. said. Okay. Like it's not just about, you know, one juror in, in 11, if that had happened, then we, we it would have been a mistrial and we'd be retrying this case, right? We're talking about establishing and evaluating the credibility. And we have a witness that testified today whose testimony was ambiguous. And then you had 11 others who heard, two of whom heard uh, Becky Hill say something to the effect of pay attention to Alec Murdoch when he testifies. Okay. Nobody else heard her say anything else. And none of those other people said that their testimony was or their verdict was impacted by that or by anything that Becky Hill did. And I think for us to discount that it is really, I think that's the wrong move because I think what we're looking at here is we've got to look at what actually happened. Were these jurors, were they influenced, was their verdict influenced by Becky Hill? And here's the thing. Becky Hill's testimony today was a complete, it was insane, right? It was completely insane. The fact that she wrote a book and did all these things, crazy. But that doesn't necessarily mean that she went in there and tried to deliberately influence this, this jury. And I think from hearing from these jurors today, that that's not what happened. And I think for us to discount that and just say, well, you know, this one and we've got these 11, I, I think that that's really, I don't think that's, I don't think that's appropriate. I, I think we're looking at, at the wrong thing. Uh, I don't even know what the hell you asked me. Sorry. I just like got go. off on a tangent, but. No, uh, it was about the affidavit and it's okay. But um, Amy Lawrence Lovely just pulled out the book, which by the way, she revealed she made a hundred thousand dollars off yeah. of that book, which is uh, not the best written book. Uh, no offense to the BBC journalist that she plagiarized it from, by the way. Um, here's a question. We'll get into the into all that in a minute, Amy Lawrence Lovely. I wanted to come to you uh, from Taylor Burton. Now, no one on Court TV or law, you know, uh, I guess more of the traditional networks would ever even bring this question up. But everyone was asking this. Did someone pay her off? Um is there a chance that it was like such a um, and not just Miss Becky, people are talking about Jersey too. Is there something about 
the low country, this small rural county in South Carolina where things are happening this way because there's still corruption? Is there a reason to still be fearful of that, that there is something amiss? Um, on some level, yeah, I think, but I don't think this is like, this is not, um, specific to small communities. I mean, we see this everywhere in every community in every courtroom, whether, you know, uh, it's up in Pennsylvania with the little girl, the little girl, the lady who they said killed herself. I can't remember her name off the top of my head and I apologize. Um, they said she stabbed herself 50 times in the back Ellen of the head. Greenberg. Um, Ellen Greenberg. Suicide. I mean, I think that's the whole point is that this can happen in any community. Um, but I, I think what, when you're doing the right thing and you don't have bad intentions, you don't have to lie about it, right? Doing the right thing um, is sometimes hard, but the truth is easy. And when we see Becky Hill get up there and not tell the truth, um, matter of fact, she was called out by it. She was impeached by not only Harpulian, uh, but the judge. And I mean, when you're doing the right thing, you don't have to do that. There's nothing to lie about. And I think that's like the bigger problem here is that we've got um, multiple witnesses all talking about this improper behavior. So what if she only said improper stuff just to Z, right? And this other lady who's the alternate, do we discount that because she didn't try to get all the other 11 or 12 jurors, you know, including the, um, the extras because she only like targeted like certain ones? I mean, this is the thing that we've got to ask ourselves. And if we bother to ask ourselves this because it doesn't make sense, then he should probably have a new trial. But the worst of what they said that Becky Hill said, what the worst thing that Becky Hill said, according to Z, Juror Z, is to pay attention to Alex Murdoch on the stand. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with Becky Hill is the, I mean, it's the cumulative little comments for six weeks. That's what I think. And then when you read her book and you hear her testimony, she didn't have any good intention with anything that she was saying. But we're talking about what happened if at the By the way, if you're if you're a clerk, if you're a clerk of court, let's let's establish um maybe you know. The presidential candidates should their platform should be no books for a clerk of courts. That should be a platform. If you're a clerk of court in this country, you should not be writing a book. Um, Colleen uh, Clausen, Amy Zimmerchek, I'm in no way saying you you said this, but can you just address this? Why did your guess? I have no idea who said this. It's probably me uh, that these small town South Carolina jurors didn't understand what they were actually being asked. I'm so insulted. Was that you, Amy Lawrence? Lovely. What or, what do you mean by that? And what I mean is, is when all those things can be true at the same time, right? The evidence can, can I can be I can be pushed over the edge, right, by Becky Hill and her comments. I can also be persuaded by all those things are not mutually exclusive. And so to say that all three of those things are true is okay. And also, like when you really think about what all that means to a layperson, it sometimes is very confusing. I mean, it's confusing as lawyers when you hear all those things put together. Like, they're not mutually exclusive, and I don't mean to be disrespectful because, Lord knows, I come from a very, very small town. I let kids drove tractors to school, the boys, um, sometimes two days a week because they were working um, on their family farm. So I get it. 
Um, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm just saying that all this stuff plays into it. And it's a cumulative effect, not just one single thing. And, uh, and, Amy, and, I, mean, and I know you're going to. I know you're going to find this shocking, Amy uh, Lawrence Lovely, but I I never drove a tractor to school in New Jersey, not once. <laughs> um, Amy Zimmerchick, I did not mean to uh, interrupt you, but you, maybe you can add to this too. Should Becky be, be, uh, Hill be charged with misconduct or something? Will she ever be held accountable? But go ahead, Amy, with your thought and answer that too. Well, to answer that part of the question, I, I think she will be. Um, I think she will be held accountable. I don't know what that looks like. Um, but I mean, I think that that a I don't know when her term is up, but I can't imagine that the um, the the voters in this circuit, um, you know, want any more just stuff making them look like small town, you know, bumbling idiots, which they are not. Um, but also to address that, it's it's not a matter of of being condescending to say they didn't understand. Um I have a ton of clients, um, English speaking and non-English speaking. And, and even when, when a judge, um, you know, when they talk about their rights and you understand you have the right to remain silent and anything you say can and will be used against you. Um, and then the judge asks them if if there's any been coerced, any, any coercion or threat. And then, and they're like, no. And then, and then I turn to my, you know, client and I'm like, and, and what's coercion And, and what's that word mean? And they don't they don't know what it means and they can't explain it. And it's not because they're dumb. Um, it, it's um, and in some cases it's because they you know, they just they lack that education. But also like coercion is not that's a word that we use every day because of because we're so familiar with the with the Miranda warnings and the Fifth Amendment. But um, but there are words that are just like everyday words um, that you know and even the word influence to in my mind is subject to it is subject to some you know interpretation and so one thing that i've learned especially i just got out, out of a trial and in trying to you know be fancy and speak like they taught us in lawyer school um to not you know to do all these things when when really it's just a matter of you know and i think instead of saying did influence you know did you vote guilty? I mean, I think to break it down even further, did you, you know, did you think that that you should vote guilty because that's, you know, everybody else thought it? I mean, I think there are different ways to, to break things down, to not make people look, I mean, and, and to not um, try to reiterate or in or just suggest that they're not smart because of where they live. But our world is, I mean, it's just like if you take me and you send me to a, a, an auto mechanic, um, they're going to be talking about things that make zero sense to me and i am highly educated and and it, so i think that maybe um you know a lot of things that the, that the jurors or just people in general maybe don't understand it's just because the way that we we use words and i hope that one day we can you know get get better at, at doing that because i think that 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 causes a little more you know strife and trouble in in our legal system than we realize I go to my fourth grade, answer, uh, my fourth graders math class and I need a lot of help. So it's all relative. It's all relative. Um, if Judge Toll was concerned about juror anonymity, why did she require jurors to testify in open court? I think she wanted a public record. Uh, this super uh, sticker or chat, whatever you call it, 
Did you guys mention three jurors watched some of Jersey's testimony on their phone while she testified? Well, if things couldn't get any even weirder, Sarah Ford, at 1036 this morning, to be precise, Judge Toll comes back out and says, let me make fun of South Carolina a little more, because not only are we doing this hearing and not only did I just grill Jersey, but then I find out that they didn't take the other jurors cell phones away and they were watching court TV and heard all her testimony about what I was just going to ask them about. Um, I just thought for sure that was, and again, this is what we were just talking about. I know nothing about this in terms of a real legal uh, bearing. So I said, uh Oh, this is going to be a little mistrial here. Something, something just happened. That's not kosher. Um, Sarah Ford, why wasn't that more problematic that they were in that back room, not really sequestered with cell phones, watching what was going on with Jersey? Well, I think Crazy. one reason, it, it, I mean, when that came out, I was like, holy hell, what <laughs> is going on? Like, I had only had one Diet Mountain Dew by that point, And I was like, just give me an IV. Like, this is, I'm going to need it today. Um, you know, I think, number one, that jurors... Um, affidavit was filed with the motion uh for a, a new trial so i think that ultimately what she said was already out there um and b i don't know if i said a or b uh but the b part of that is the judge asked did you see it did you look at it um and for the two i think it was two that said yes they they did one said that she had seen it on Facebook. It was like on a Facebook live while she was opening Facebook. And the other one said he actually watched part of it. And she asked, did that influence the way you answered your questions here today? And he said, no. Um, I mean, it's bonkers. Um, you know, I think being a juror really is difficult. I would think after six weeks of not being able to use their phone, maybe that would have crossed their minds, but maybe not. Maybe they were just like, I never want to think back to that time again. Um, but I think Judge uh, Justice Toll corrected that, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't like we could go out and get 12 other jurors who were in <laughs> who were in the Murdoch trial. So you had to go with what you had to do. Uh, and I think she corrected it and asked them the appropriate questions um, for that. But it was definitely a bizarre moment. It was crazy. Uh, just kidding. I believe this is uh, I'm reading South Carolina here, not complete English, but South Carolina laws of mercy as my grandma would say. Is that right, Amy Lawrence Lovely? This is a very tangled web we weave. That, of course, is from Alec mm -hmm. Murdoch. Um, another thing, I think this was just a lawyer being a lawyer, but of course, Jersey had her own attorney there, a guy named Joe McCullough. By the way, is it true that, I've read somewhere in this chat that Jersey is the egg lady juror's tenant. Does anyone know if that is correct? Or is that just someone messing with me? That's No, right. I think... I think that that's, I'm very good friends with Joe. I, I mean, no, I, I would. Yeah, no, you would know that. It's, okay. Yeah. You would know that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, there were allegations, it, it, though, that there was a juror on okay. the, that actually was on the jury pool that was a tenant of Egg Lady. So hmm. I don't know if that was her, but, I, you know, I, I heard I mean, that. How could the, the, I mean, just the fact that this case has someone named Egg Lady, I mean, you cannot, this cannot, there's no way that fiction could be crazier than, than this. Uh, there's just no way. But Amy Zimbercheck, this guy who's now uh, a friend of yours, I didn't know, Joe McCullough, McCullough um, he uh, tells um, the judge, I guess this was via email after lunch, 
uh, tells Judge Toll that now Juror Z wants to enhance her testimony. I guess he had to send her an email to the judge. Uh, and then Creighton Waters comes out. And by the way, I'm going to play that sound right now so I don't get in trouble. But Creighton Waters comes out and says there's no way the witness is getting a quote-unquote second bite of the uh, apple. It's like a, a biblical reference there, I think. And uh, judge, the judge agrees and tells your friend Joe to sit down. But let's listen to Creighton Waters and then break this down. ...who's given answers all over the place that are... In this juror who's given answers all over the place that are inconsistent with uh, 11 other jurors who were very strong and unequivocal that, yes, this was our verdict. It was based solely on the evidence, the law, and the testimony, uh, that there were no communications from Becky Hill that influenced that verdict. And I think ultimately when you look at uh, the case law, in the end, it's up to your honor to make that uh, ultimate determination and looking at all that uh, law together. Uh, we cited another a number of decisions, including as we discussed uh, the questions to be had. I sent an email where we set out some some questions that it's not uncommon, perhaps, for juror for a juror to have a second thought. But the law is very clear that it does not recognize that. Because this is a long soundbite, so I'm going to stop it right there. Amy Lawrence, lovely. Um, Crane Waters has just a very uh, I don't know, just a very good delivery, I think, a very um, sort of personable, uh, down-to-earth delivery, and he's basically making his case for why this should not upend the whole case and why there should not be a, uh, a new murder trial. Is he doing a good job here? Oh, you're muted. Sorry. Creighton's very likable. He's a good man. You know, we, we all like him. Everybody likes Creighton. Um, but like when I hear that, I hear, if you ever want to tamper with a jury, just only tamper with one juror. That's what I feel like that says. And then, and then you, you, you know, if, if you only tamper with one juror, it's okay. But if you tamper with two, if somebody else can, can testify that you, that happened, then, then we'll believe you. I mean, that's what I hear. And it's just crazy to me that, um, I didn't think that Jersey was all over the place. Cause I think all those things are not mutually exclusive that all those things can um, affect your verdict. But but then we're going to put Becky Hill on the stand and she's going to perjure herself over and over and over and over again. And we're going to pretend like that's not really happening. It just it just doesn't feel authentic and genuine and it doesn't feel right. Um, Amy Zimmercheck, I'm going to play the rest of the sound. Why wasn't Becky Hill just fired? Pat Ferguson wants to know. This is the question. Why wasn't uh, why wasn't she just fired? Why was why was it not as simple as that? Um, well, I think that that's probably coming down the pipeline. Um, well, because she's elected, right? Oh, there you go. Um, okay, yeah, but she, yeah, but she is elected, and I, 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 I did see that her, um, her term is up this 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 election year. Um, so I don't, um, you know, I don't. Unfortunately, it's just not that easy. Um, <laughs> well, I think yeah. that's coming. The only way well, to remove, the only way to remove her from office would be that she would have to be indicted, mm. and then that would pull her out um, temporarily until um, a decision was made in the case. Until um, if she was convicted, then she could be, I guess, I mean, maybe impeached is not the word, but taken out of office. Um, but it, it would require. Um, her being indicted. So if she's until she's indicted, they can't remove her because she's an elected officer. 
Do you think and the that, governor uh, would have to step in? Yeah. And, and Amy Zimmerchuk, do you think that the state and I mean, collectively is sort of embarrassed enough by this that they are going to do something or go after Becky now? Well, I think she, yes, is the, is the answer. I think that that, and they've got enough uh, other things, I think, pending in the, you know, in the background, um, which I don't see how that's not a conflict for the AG's office, but, you know, maybe that's a question for Eric Bland. Um, but, you know, I just think that, um, I, you know, I think it's, it's coming down. The hammer is about to drop. Um, Sarah Ford, let's listen to the rest of this and we'll get your take. Because what that would do would, would be to consistently and constantly put every verdict that occurs in any courtroom in this state or in the nation at risk. Jurors don't have to vote in perpetuity. They vote on one day and one day only. And here, Your Honor, the evidence is overwhelming that those jurors verdict was the product of honest deliberation and the only bit of contrary evidence to that effect is from a juror who frankly not only said that it was purely the the result of honest deliberation but then has answers all over the place and your honor i, I would say that the other 11 jurors are credible they were strong uh, they were clear with your honor and i think that ultimately that carries the day sarah ford your take on that that's what I said. I mean, I agree with him. I, I totally agree with what he said. I mean, I, I certainly understand. Like, I, I I respect Amy and Amy. And I, I see that we have a very clear difference of opinion here. I mean, we're lawyers. There's always going to be somebody on the other side of that, <laughs> that aisle that's going to disagree with you. Like, that's what we do. Um, but, you know, I think what we're looking at here uh, is the right result. I think what uh, you know, Creighton Waters argued, you know, he has been, you know, so steadfast and, you know, has worked so hard. Um, and I think he is a man of integrity. And I think that if there were, some, you know, evidence um, to the contrary that that was substantiated um, today, I think that we, we, we'd we be in a different situation. Uh, but I think with Jersey's testimony, uh, it was it, it was inconsistent, in my opinion, um, and, and I think it just wasn't, it, it didn't rise to that standard. You know, that, that doesn't mean, I mean, every defendant absolutely deserves a fair trial. Absolutely. Um, but I think what we saw here today is, um, is the right result. Uh, by the way, go, go ahead, Amy, but real quick, um, Becky Hill's son was arrested for wire, uh, tampering, I believe. Um, you can get to what you're going to say, Amy, but do we know anything about, uh, where that stands, Amy Lawrence, lovely. It's all still pending. It is. Okay. Um, um, what I was going to ask is, so um, Justice Toll was very clear that she was limiting her questions in, um, to five questions, essentially. And so by doing that, you couldn't dig deeper and figure out really what that meant for Jersey. And a piece of me feels like that was by design because we really didn't want the real answer. We want to be short, sweet, to the point, and everybody move on. Um, I can't, I got to hold on. I just got to say this. Okay. So, Amy, this is probably one of the last times. I mean, I'm not pushing anybody out of the practice of law here. I'm definitely not. But, I mean, this is very high profile. 
They pull in Justice Toll to do this. Like, this is her on every, I mean, someone, what did we say? Somebody. By the way, she said she read every single page of this case file. I don't know how many pages there must. I don't know that. I have no doubt about that. But what what I'm saying is, we've got people in Australia. I mean, this is worldwide attention on this. She probably is not going to have the opportunity in another case to have that this kind of be at this sort of level. Do you think that she's going to be like, I really don't care. Let me go ahead and just ruin the rest of my career that I have given 50 plus years of being a lawyer. And I'm just going to say, hey, who gives a crap? It's Alec Murdoch. And we all, you know, we think he sucks. So I'm just going to only do five questions because I got a hair appointment at 430. Like, that's not happening. I don't think, definitely don't think it was for a hair appointment, but I do. Well, I don't, I don't either, but I had a hair appointment, so. I know, right? But no, I guess the question is. is Your hair looks great, Sarah Ford. Go ahead, Amy Lawrence. Love it does. I like it. Um, my thing is, it's like, why are we so afraid of just digging in and really figuring out the truth? What, 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 why is that a big deal? Why can we only ask five questions? Why? I mean, I get not wanting to ask about deliberation, right? That makes sense to me. That's an off limit, but why would we not ask more questions? Why would we not try to figure out what she means by that? Like dig deeper, ask something more detailed, ask it, ask a lot more questions. But when we limit it to five, when there's no rule that says we have to limit it to five, it just make it begs me to ask, why are we limiting it to five? Why is the truth so limited? Why are we not digging deeper and trying to figure out what really happened? Because I think nobody wants to know the truth. We, uh, want here's to we all want to move on. Every time Amy Lawrence Lovely is on, I always say, why, for like the next five days, and people look at me like I'm crazy. Um, can't you go to jail for lying in an affidavit? But uh, here, um, Amy Zimmerchuk, I think, I feel like she was telling the truth in the affidavit, but maybe tweaking the truth um, the other way, or maybe not. I don't know. But uh, what 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 is the repercussion, if any, for uh, lying on a sworn affidavit? Well, I mean, perjury in and of itself carries up to five years. So, um, you know, and perjury is giving false testimony while under oath. However, A, a not one juror is going to face any prison time, especially if it stops at this point. Um, you know, and so, I, I mean, again, you know, oh, some people believe that she wants to, you know, that she was, you know, I don't know that I don't know that the, that her two testimonies were in were um I don't know that one was a lie and one wasn't I, I mean and that's where I do think that you know it's sort of it, it, to go to Amy's point it almost seems like the fix is was already in and I think that that's what makes it so I think that's what makes it so frustrating for um you know people who are in court every day fighting this fighting this you know like every single day I can argue this one thing um you know, in every trial I have, for example, for example, for right now, I'm arguing an inference um, and lawyers have been arguing this jury charge for years and years and years and years. And the only way that we can make a difference is is to keep arguing it so that eventually, you know, the courts look at it and see, you know, and see what the problem is. And I think that that's I think that's the bigger concern here is that, you know, there's just so much fantastic information going on with this jury and, and even more so with this clerk and it, and it just, I guess I just, I'm with Amy and I don't see the harm in um, trying to, you know, figure out exactly what the problem was. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't think that we've done that.
Yeah, just just to put a bow on uh, the Becky Hill testimony today, of course, she is the clerk of court um, who is at the center of all this controversy for writing a book and apparently witness tampering and telling jurors or jury tampering and telling them how to think and feel. She testified uh, about 1.38 in the afternoon today that she never had any improper contact with the jury or expressed any opinions about Murdoch or the defense. She said that uh, before Judge Toll. Um, she said she just managed the jury's needs day to day and quote unquote, gave them a pep talk. She did admit plagiarizing parts of the book, something I would never do in my book. Although I did plagiarize my mother because I quote my mother and, uh, make sure you get the pre-order of that book. And then we heard from, uh, Rhonda, uh, McKelvin. She's a clerk of court in Barnwell County. I assume that's in low country as well. And uh, she said uh, that Becky Hill told her, don't be fooled by uh, the defense evidence. So then you've got another clerk of court. Uh, Sarah Ford, what was the um, sort of importance of uh, Judge Toll bringing in another clerk of court uh, for that um, testimony? Well, that's what Dick Harputlian, he was using uh, Rhonda McElveen to basically impeach what Becky Hill was saying. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. I, I'm sure y'all caught this too, but um, I think he asked her, you know, are, are y'all friends? And she's like, oh yes, we're, we were friends. And he's like, wait, so you're not? And I was like, probably not after she testifies. I don't know what's going to go down there. But so so it was Harputlin that was trying to impeach what Becky Hill was saying. And I think, you know, what Rhonda McElveen ended up testifying to was that she definitely heard Becky Hill say something to the effect of, you know, you got to pay attention to the to the, you know, the defense witnesses and, um, you know, made, made some comments. But she testified that it was either in Becky Hill's office or with like just a couple of other people, not in front of jurors. Um, so it was her testimony was interesting because she'd been a long term clerk. I think she said like 16 years she'd been a clerk and Becky Hill had just been a clerk for maybe what, two years when this, when this happened. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that it, I didn't really buy a lot. I mean, I, I definitely believed what McElveen was saying. Uh, she was really humorous. It was, it was a much needed uh, humor break during the day. Cause it was, it was whack, but what I thought was really interesting was she was talking about, oh, well, you can't do that, Becky, or you can't take the juror home, or you can't do this, or you can't do that. But she didn't ever go to the judge and say, hey, I, out of an abundance of caution, judge, I just want to let you know, I heard that, that you know, Becky Hill, the clerk, did this. I don't know if she did. I don't know if she didn't, but I just wanted to bring it to the court's attention. One would think someone with that that level of experience would say, hey, let me just put it out there. I don't want the appearance of impropriety, whether it's improper or not. Hey, that's above my pay grade. I'm just pointing it to you, Judge. And that didn't happen. So that made me question a little bit of what she was saying. Here's um, an STS poll that the COE did all over the poll game. Uh, yes. Uh, do you think Murdoch should get a new trial? Uh, yes, 24%. No, 66%. Uh, undecided, 9%. The only voice that really matters is Judge Jean Toll. And she said, buzz right off Alec Murdoch. No new trial for him. Sort of a moot point in a weird way. Um, what a weird world that dude must live in. Um, again, he seemed unfazed to me today. And the guy 
is convicted, so I can say it. He killed his own son. I was hanging out with my son today, telling him to stay away from me because I got COVID. Alec Murdoch probably would have breathed like a dragon on that son of his, that little horrible man. Um, but anyway, it's a moot point because of these financial crimes. Um, someone had a question up, which I thought was interesting, which was if you were Judge Toll, uh, would you have had other questions that you wanted to ask of witnesses? Uh, Sarah Ford, have you given that any thought? Would, are there any other questions that jump out at you that you would have wanted to ask? I thought that, you know, she took in questions from the from the state and from the defense. And she kind of looked at all of that and, and cobbled together the questions that she asked, which is, you know, what judges do when you're asking for jury charges. You know, the state will present their jury charges, defense will, and then they'll say, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And I think that's what she did in an effort to make this less of the circus that we know the Alec Murdoch <laughs> universe is. It's always a circus. So I think that's why she limited to what she did, I think the question she asked got to the point of what the standard was. Um, and I think, you know, could we have asked 15 questions, 25? Sure, we could have, but I don't know that that would have made any difference in what we saw today. I don't think it would have uh, well, based on answers to those five questions. I mean, it was pretty clear. Um, I would like to take this moment to uh, congratulate Space Coast, uh, our fearless West Coast technology leader, the man who handles everything and puts everything out on the podcast side as well. He's an audiophile. He's a, um, a music expert, a sports lover. Guy knows everything about the Grateful Dead. But most importantly, his San Francisco 49ers are going to the Super Bowl here it is. Look at this. Bang, bang, Niner gang. That's it. I guess that's what they say up there in San Francisco. Um, bang, bang, Niner gang. Uh, they are going. It was a close call. One of my best friends, uh, Space Coast, is from uh, Ann Arbor. And I uh, was torn between you two. But uh, I'm happy for you. And uh, I cannot wait to see what Taylor Swift wears to the Super Bowl. That's all I can say. I'm, uh, my, my daughters are ecstatic that Taylor Swift is going to the Super Bowl. Uh, there was a comment just up there, uh, and I guess we'll close out with something along these lines. But let me first um, thank the guests in order. Normally, I'm a lot more uh, smooth than I was just now. But uh, Sarah Ford, she served as legal director at the South Carolina Victim Assistance Network since 2017. She's done it all, a former South Carolina prosecutor. And uh, are you hosting a show these days, Sarah Ford? Are you doing a yeah, show these days? Which I am. I, I took a break, uh, but I'm uh, hosting Stepping Toward Justice. Uh, so you can Justice. find that wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow me on Twitter, Sarah A. Ford ESQ. But thanks for go. having me. Get some Sarah Yeah, Sarah A. Ford ESQ. Sarah A. Ford ESQ. And if you want to follow us about Showtimes, and by the way, um, we are looking to get Mark Garagos on on Wednesday. But if Meve Moen is listening and uh, Gar Mark Garagos is a busy guy. So if he's not going to be able to make it, maybe we get Eric Bland on, who's also a very busy guy. Uh, but I think we can talk about some of the juror issues with Eric Bland. So I'm talking about it on camera, but I'll talk about it off camera uh, as well with uh, Steve Cohen. But Sarah Ford. Uh, the question was along the lines of, 
did this whole thing, has this whole thing given South Carolina a black eye and what can be done to repair that black eye um, over time if it needs if it needs some ice? I think that's a great question. I think that any time when the justice system or legal system, lawyers, judges, whoever are are put um, you know under the the microscope um, and we find out that we don't like what we see, I think that, um, yeah, that definitely gives us a black eye. It's not good. But I think we cannot change what we do not face. And I think by looking at what what has happened with the Murdoch trial, by seeing the issues that we're talking about, obviously you have three uh, you know, lawyers in South Carolina that, that disagree with each other, but certainly respect each other and, and, and um, respect the work that we do. I think that we've got to to talk about these things, we've got to examine these things and say, hey, um, we can do better. You know, I'm not defined by the work of any other lawyer in South Carolina other than than myself, the work that I do. Um, but I think that our, our legal community uh, is stronger uh, because of what we've seen here. I think that people will be uh, working to, to improve, certainly, um, to be more transparent. Um, I know that Amy and Amy think that today was not a, a lesson in transparency. Um, but, you know, I think that um, I think that we will we will come out stronger. And I think that, you know, there's always you got to look under sometimes you got to look under the hood and sometimes it ain't good. You got to fix things. And I think that um, I think that we will. I think that we are. And um, I mean, I'm proud to be a South Carolina lawyer no matter what. Uh, Ned Smith, we love you, South Carolina, which is sort of funny because Tiff Knox says this case gave South Carolina a full body cast. And normally I would expect Ned Smith to say that. So even STS Nation uh, strong, they are uh, they are uh, commenting in ways that I would expect the others to comment. So, um, by the way, since I'm in a COVID fog and I have no idea what's going on and everything is blurry and weird, let me just say this, an emotional plea. Every day is a gift. It really is. I complain way too much. I got to stop. And uh, health is wealth. You know, you drive around Miami, Amy Lawrence, lovely, and you see Ferraris everywhere and you see those Chanel bags and you see all the fancy bags and you see all the fancy cars, and you see all the fancy flip injections and the butt implants. But you know what? At the end of the day, Amy Lawrence, lovely, you don't have your health. You have nothing. You have nothing in this world, Amy Lawrence, lovely. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get teary-eyed on you, but enjoy your day. Enjoy your health. Enjoy your children. Enjoy your husband. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your law firm, the lovely law firm. And what are your final thoughts? And you have to unmute yourself. That I can enjoy. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't know. I just I want. I know it sounds silly. And I just want better. I want better for everybody. I want better for the system. I want better for defendants. Better for prosecutors. Better for judges. I just want better. I think we all deserve better as citizens, not just in South Carolina, but everywhere. Like this kind of stuff, whether it's Murdoch stealing money or, you know, hurting his family or Becky Hill, we have all these things. It's just everybody deserved better in this situation. And it's terribly disappointing um, because these are people that we kind of put on pedestals in life. They're attorneys and clerks of court. And 
they all just kind of let us down. And, you know, if I'm not fighting for anything else, I'm just like fighting for the integrity of it because I really love being a lawyer. I love helping people. Nothing makes me happier. I get up excited about practicing law every day, most every day. And I just like, I think we can all do better and I want better. Very well said. This is sad and 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 uplifting. Air dry. Uh, so true. I was coded and resuscitated two years ago uh, and eight days ago today, counting every day. Glad, happy that you're with us. Um, I have a friend that happened to. He's no longer with us. He survived, but then no, I don't want to get too depressing here. Um, Eric Bonomo. Great show, guys. A young lady in the gray looks like the daughter from Married with Children. I think that's Christina Applegate, right? That's who he's talking about. Nice thing anybody's ever said to me. Thank you. Um, how do I feel about this comment? Um, I love when people say this to me. Joel, please take care of yourself. You look unwell. Someone, I tweeted out, I look like death. And they were like, you look horrible. Dude, that doesn't help. Uplighting. Oh, yeah. You know what? You sound like my wife. My wife's like, why are you lighting your double chin? Why are you lighting your double chin? Um, by the way, shout out to the COE. Um, she and I have been, by the way, there's that show that uh, it's the number one most streamed show in America right now. True detective on HBO. Um, it's really, it's interesting and weird. Wendy Woobles. I love the last name. Thank you. Damn you. COVID. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we've been watching True Detective on HBO. It's interesting with Jodie Foster. Long story short, it freaks my wife out and she has to hold both ears and not listen. And I sit there and watch. Um, but that's been the last couple of nights. Thank you, Lindsay Shea. Uh, last one up, uh, Amy Zimmercheck. She is a lawyer's lawyer, a criminal defense attorney. She gets not guilty, please, for her, for her, not her attorneys and her attorneys, I guess. Do you represent attorneys as well, uh, Amy Zimmercheck? Yeah, you do. Um, what are your final thoughts here, Amy Zimmercheck? Is there still hope for the Palmetto State to see another day of glory? I live, I breathe. If there's not hope, then I'm moving. Um, in fact, I get very, I get very emotional because, you know, as much as I win cases, I, I lose some too. And it, um, and it, and it's hard. Um, but two, two things, well, three things I want to say. One, Joel, um, thank you for struggling because I know that you've been, you've been not feeling great and we appreciate you keeping us all on task. Two, um, you were talking about um, watching um, on HBO. I would suggest too that everybody go check out American Nightmare on Netflix. Yeah. And people always ask me why Amazing I do what show. I do why I do what I do. And, and the answer is there. Um, three, the last thing is, you know, I hope, especially when, um, you know, when I see um, Sarah and Amy, uh, especially going at it, I have a little less fight, but only because I'm still trying to catch my breath from, from last week. It was a, it was a tough battle. Um, and, but I'll tell you, it, it gives me hope that, that there are you know, that, that there are lawyers in this state, um, especially amongst the three of us and, and, and many more that don't like to see what what happens to our system, not just in this state, but all over. And um, I think that it's, um, you know, it, it, it's it's so important and, and people it's so easy to, to make a determination when it's on the outside and, and when it's not affecting you, um, but even more so when it affects you in your life. I think you become 
aware of how serious these these little rights that we take for granted um, can can be affected. And and as long as I know that the three of us are going to keep fighting for it, yes, I hope that there's still hope. <laughs> and uh, American Nightmare, I told Carm to watch it. It is a very interesting documentary, and it goes to show you exactly why you have to have criminal defense attorneys in this country, whether you love them or hate them, but they have a very important job. So uh, thank you to these three amazing women, a spirited debate. I know that Sarah Ford and Amy Lawrence lovely are going to make up and hug each other and love on each other after the show. There's no hatred there at all. And uh, until then love you America. And of course, love y'all in South Carolina. Uh, what do I have to say? What do, what do you say to someone? If someone's not feeling well in South Carolina, what do you say? Get better Bless your soon. heart. Bless your heart, Joel. Bless, oh, so, that, so, you can, so you can say it that way in like a heart. real way. I can say it, re- I say it in a real way all the time. Yeah. So if I'm like, oh, Ford, I feel horrible. You're like, bless your heart. Bless Lord. your heart. Do you need something? Do you need uh-huh. You need a little something? Yeah. You, get your, you need to take to the bed, Joel. That's what we say. Take to the <laughs> bed. What are you, what are you, I'm getting to the bed right now. Starve a fever, feed a, what is it? Feed a cold? Yes. You feed a cold and starve a fever. That's feed what I'm doing right now. Love you, America. Love you, South Carolina. Love you all. Thank you. Thank you. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and... The chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.